Hello, advertising peeps, and welcome to our second episode of The Big Idea, Representation Matters, Diversity, and Inclusivity. I'm Matt. And I'm Michael. And today we've got two special guests in the house, uh, Victoria Vecchio and Tosin Adenid. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Hi, thank you. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Um, Victoria, you're at Siva Creative in Barrie, Ontario, correct? Yes, that is correct. Awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do at Siva and how you got there? For sure. Um, so I started out there as a social media content manager. Um, and then I sort of took over all of the social media. And then now I just recently got promoted to a strategist there. So I'm coming up with all the, the ideas, doing all the strategy. Yeah, so it's it's a lot of fun. It's really fun. How I started there, oh God. I uh, COVID. COVID was a disaster, so I was out of a job. <laughs> um, so I was applying to a bunch of places and they set me up with an interview. I really liked them. They really liked me. And yeah, now here I am. Awesome. Congratulations on your recent promotion. <laughs> now you also have an apparel line, Wear It With Pride. Uh, what is Wear It With Pride all, sorry, what is it all about and what inspired you to start it? Yeah, for sure. So um, it's an apparel company that my partner and I started. Um, so the reason we started it was because, um, you know, being part of the community, we we like to support the community and have, you know, wear pride clothes or wear anything like that. So when we were looking and shopping around, a lot of this stuff was very like flashy and in your face and it's like, I'm here and I'm gay and blah, 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 which is fine, totally fine, but it's not really our style. Most of the time, sad to say, but it's not safe for a lot of people to wear that. Um, who are in the community. So we wanted to make a line that was minimal, but you were still able to feel proud to wear it. And you were still able to show your pride, wear your pride. Um, but that's not all we focus on. That's one aspect of it. But we do have, we do support BLM. Um, we do support mental health awareness. We try to try to touch on all of that because it is all three are very important topics. I love that. <laughs> Thanks. Amazing. Okay, uh, Tosin, you're at FCB in Toronto. Uh, can you tell us a bit about what you do at the agency, uh, how you got there, and what the story behind All Things Ad is? So, as of this week, I'm no longer at FCB. Very recent development. So, I guess oh. the first day here, I'm moving to LG2 next week. Um, oh, congratulations. Thank you. So, at FCB, I was an account coordinator, and I was working on the Home Depot team mainly. Very similar to Vic, I was working on social always on stuff, which was really interesting. I, I don't think I expected that coming out of Boca, but you know, life. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was doing that and I was supporting on some other accounts on the side. Um, and I'm moving to LG2 now in a very similar capacity, going to be doing a lot of social always on stuff, but now as an account manager. So really excited about that. How that happened was actually kind of connected to all things ad, interestingly enough. Um, so obviously COVID happened, didn't have a job. I was talking to a bunch of different places. And at the same time, I was running All Things Ad. And I somehow found myself having a conversation with FCB about All Things Ad. And that was really exciting. And I was like, kind of focused on that. And then the person I was in conversation with randomly was just like, just like let's talk about you. And I was like, okay. And she's like, you know, are you like on the market right now? Are you exploring offers? And I was like, yeah, I am. Um, and I started interviewing with them and I really liked them and I was really shocked by that. And I was like, you know what, like this feels like a good fit. So, you know, let's do this. So that's how I got into FCB. Similar story with LG2, to be honest. So I won't tell that, but 
Um, with All Things Add, how that happened was I had just finished my internship and all my life in advertising, like my four years in Boca, I was always one of the only black people in the room, right? And I had kind of adjusted to being that way. But part of me felt like it was such a small, like it was a pretty small program compared to like other programs around, right? So I felt like it was a temporary thing. Like if, I felt like it was like, it wasn't something that was big on my mind because it just felt like, you know, happenstance or whatever. But then I got into the industry and I was like, wait, it's even worse here. <laughs> like, I remember like, I, I wasn't working with any colored people like at all. And everywhere around me, I just felt very lonely. It was a very, very lonely experience. And I just couldn't put it into words. And then tragically, the murder of George Floyd happened. And all of a sudden, everyone's having conversations and black people are speaking up. And I was like, oh shoot, like I'm not alone. Like this isn't like an isolated experience. Like there's other people feeling this, these things too. And on the other side, it's like, in as much as, you know, there's not that many black people in advertising, there's so many black people trying to get into advertising. So it just wasn't making sense, right? So I was like, what can we do to get more people in? Like, what, what, what can I add to this madness? Because of Boca and a lot of stuff I learned, I'd been doing a lot of networking. So I knew a lot of people in advertising and I just kind of put it out there. Like, if you're interested in mentoring, like, I know a bunch of black people trying to get into advertising, like, let's make something happen. And it honestly has just kind of exploded since then and continued to spiral into like a bigger thing than I ever intended it to be. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, we love to see it. <laughs> um, so at the time of this recording, uh, it is June, which of course is Pride Month. So happy Pride, everyone. Uh, we in the Alphabet Mafia love to drag brands for slapping a rainbow on their logo every June 1st. Look up the memes. It is hilarious. But I remember two years ago now, I was walking through Dundas Square and I stopped and did a 360 uh, looking at all the rainbows, all the queer people on billboards and people of color. And I thought to myself, sure, like it, it is kind of pandering, but if little baby, like gay 14 Michael, uh, sorry, <laughs> little baby gay 14 year old Michael saw this, I would be a completely different person today. Uh, so my next question would be, what are your views on the power of representation? I th I would love if both of you could answer that question, actually. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, do you want to go first or do you want me to? Go for it. Go for it. I'll go out. Okay. okay. Um, yes, the memes are hilarious. Um, I love them. <laughs> I laugh at them every single time. And um, yes, the power of representation, I think it is super, super, super important. Because like you said too, like if baby, little gay baby Vic saw that when she was growing up, like it would be completely different. Like just having that visibility and having that representation is super, super important. Even if it is just for companies to say, hey, it's June, you're gay, we support you for June, right? Yeah. Um, it's funny though, so like I'll, I'll drive by these stores now and I see them and it's like, yes, like power to you, but like, why can't you just keep the little flag on your door like yeah. all year round, yeah. right? Like what harm, what harm does it do, right? One of the most recent ones I saw was like shoppers. So they have like this big sign where it's like um, inclusive space, blah, 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 and they have the flag on their the doors that open and it's like yes like i love that that's so important like especially for young people in the community like it's super important to have that representation but why not just keep it just keep it there all all year round like is it just for june like what's going on yeah. right but with that being said it is really important i think it does make an impact and it does make a difference um just seeing those flags and seeing the support from you know big companies or even smaller companies and just in the community especially if the community you're in is very 
um, I don't want to say like homophobic, but like very conservative and closed off and just like put away, like no one talks about it. So it's nice to have that refresher when you're in a community who is very closed off to that type of thing. Um, especially yeah. for people who are part of the community living in that area. Um, but yeah, sure. representation is super, super important, even if it's for June. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I definitely agree that representation is important. I think um, from my perspective, obviously being black, um, not just in advertising, but like in North America, like growing up, like I grew up in Nigeria, which is in Africa, like all the way down there. and even there, like, there were, like, there were signs where, like, little things that made me feel like white was the default, right? Um, and it, it was mainly in, like, media, right? So in all the Barbie games I would play, there were no Black girls. Um, in, like, now we're having conversations around, like, TV and how the Black girl is always the mean girl or the ugly girl or, like, those types of things. And I think it's really important for people, regardless of how they identify, to be able to see other people like them, right? And not feel like who they are is second to anyone. And I think like, you know, obviously right now it's cool to support like all the different movements. It's cool to be, you know, pro-black. It's cool to, you know, put your rainbow up, right? Like all these things are cool now, they're acceptable and like brands are rushing towards these things. But like Vic rightly pointed out like what of the other months, right? Like Black History Month happened and then Okay, like, you know, like, I, I feel like there there definitely needs to be more. And I think it's it takes, like, brands that are very bold and very audacious to be able to kind of put their foot down. And and you, you kind of know yeah. those brands, right? Like, you, you know when it's authentic. You know when it's, like, this is who they are all year round. Like, whether or not there's a rainbow, you know, in their, like, Instagram highlights or whatever. Like, you know what they stand for. And you know, like that you as a consumer are accepted in their spaces. So I feel like, you know, it is important whether or not they, you know, truly support, like it goes a long way in shaping kids and shaping the ideals. But again, it would be nice if brands were just more authentic and, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like never stop like the conversation. Like it's good that we're having the conversation, but like let's continue the conversation throughout the year. And I think also just taking it beyond, like, you know, like taking it beyond those vanity things, right? Like taking right. it beyond just like one post in solidarity. Like, like keeping it safe. Like, yeah, like, like what are your like internal values, right? Because like Pride Month, everybody loves to bring out their Pride employees and be like, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm trying so hard not to throw shade at any brands, but like, I'm like, okay, well, all year round, like, <laughs> your, did your employees feel safe and comfortable to be, like, gay and proud at work? Like, okay. Yeah. Like, so everybody loves, in June, like, all of a sudden, yeah. it's comfortable, you know, like, everybody, like, again, I'm not, I'm trying so hard, not to it, but, like, beyond even you, like, the brand, like, putting out, like, the rainbows all year round, like, how do your employees feel? Like, yeah. is that, like, rainbow part of your internal values as an organization, right? Like, yeah, definitely. And not just like a face and a pamphlet, you know, like the the diversity page on the website, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, as you both know, uh, corporate entities like brands and agencies have publicly apologized after facing backlash. 
Uh, a notable example of such is the controversial ad that Pepsi ran a few years ago with Kendall Jenner that many argue trivialized the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, do you believe that these apologies are genuine or just PR moves? I think that these apologies, first of all, like a lot of them don't even have a choice or don't feel like they have a choice. Um, I was in like a learning seminar thing where we kind of had to talk about different ads and like the, the, the Pepsi one was one of the examples that came up and we're kind of talking about how no organizations are kind of above those mistakes in a sense, right? Like people talk about having more diverse voices in the room, but like many times, like it's possible that there was like a black, like a couple of black people that worked on the Pepsi ad, like it's not impossible, right? But it's, one, are you willing to do your homework as a brand going forward? Like, are you willing to put in that research and, you know, because I think Pepsi's whole explanation behind it too, like, or the director's explanation was he took inspiration from some some painting. Okay, sure. Um, <laughs> but, like, I feel like, um, are you willing to, like, those are the questions, right? Like, are you willing to do that research? Because you find brands that are always in some kind of mess and it's, like, obvious that it's, like, the laziness behind it, right? Um, because, you know, like like I said earlier, like there's no brand that I feel are completely above it. Like stuff happens. There's a lot of, like we're in a generation where some people like to describe it as being sensitive. Like people are more sensitive now, but I think I see that's more of a positive thing where we're respecting people's cultures and we're respecting people's backgrounds. Like there's so many things that were excusable in the past, right? Like, but now like there's more awareness, but again, it's up to brands to do that research. And I think like, it's a good thing that call out culture exists, but you know, beyond the apology, like what happened, like what, what are you doing? I think that's the question for me, right? Like beyond just saying, oh yeah, we're sorry that we did this. Like, what are you doing to make sure you don't do it again? Yeah, I agree hundred percent. Like it happens for sure. Like people fuck up all the time in the industry. Oh my God, am I allowed to swear? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll dub it. We'll dub it. Yeah. <laughs> People screw up all the time in the industry, right? So it's fine. But yeah, like Tosin said, okay, maybe you were forcing this to this apology, but if it really is a genuine apology and you really are sorry for what you did, what are you going to do going forward to show that, you know, that you're learning and you're educating and you're taking the right steps to make up for that? Right. And I agree. I don't think we're, I don't think we're sensitive. I think we're just not tolerating it anymore. I totally agree. Yeah. So how often does the topic of inclusivity come up at your respective agencies? Like, are you the one starting the conversation? Um, at FCB, I can't speak for LG2 because I haven't started there, but at FCB, inclusivity, inclusivity was like a big, big topic. Like it was, I was part of the DNI team and like we had like weekly all staff meetings with like all FCB employees. Um, and there was a portion dedicated in every single all staff meeting towards diversity and inclusion. And, you know, there were small steps that were being made, even in terms of like land, land acknowledgements, you know, for indigenous communities, um, things like that. I would say that FCB is very like cautious and very respectful, um, and is on the right track. Like it's not perfect. There's many things that, you know. Aren't 100% yet, but I definitely felt while I was there, like I could call things out if I felt like particularly uncomfortable. I mean, like if we're going to really get into it, I'll say like as an employee, you don't want to be the person always calling things out and already being someone who champions all things add. Like I, I personally felt like, you know, I was doing 
a lot. So I personally probably wouldn't call things out as much, but I, I feel like FCB is definitely on the right path in terms of, you know, diversity and inclusion and more than anywhere else, which is kind of sad to say, because I haven't been that many places, but more than anywhere else I've ever been, um, I definitely feel very accepted and very welcome. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, so at SIVA, it is, it's a smaller group. We are a smaller agency. There's only about like 20, 25 of us. Um, so we are super, super close. Like everyone knows everyone. But yeah, no, there's never been a time where I've been uncomfortable to to be like, hey, like, yeah, I'm, I'm gay. I have a gay company and like I'm all in this community and like love it, whatever, right? I've never felt uncomfortable. Um, in terms of like always bringing up inclusivity, I feel like I do bring it up a lot. But it's not like where it's shied away from or they're like, stop talking about it, or like, you know, like stop. Right. Um, but yeah, no, like I can't I can't even say that they're, you know, they don't bring it up because they will. And I'm I'm a very open person. Like I'm they can ask me any questions and I, I encourage it. Like if they want to learn more and they want to get educated, why would I like be like, stop talking to me? Like I don't ask me that question. Like I'm not like that at all. Um but yeah, no, there's never been a time where I felt uncomfortable or I felt like they they don't know what they're talking about or they're not educated enough. And if they if they aren't, if they don't know a certain topic, like they'll always they're very quick to like pick up and learn and like do their own research too. Um, so yeah, it does come up, um, which is a good thing. And I I've never felt uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, just to add to that, I will say that with smaller agencies, it tends to be like easier because there's that family culture and there's that acceptance. But I feel like at larger agencies, and this isn't specific to FCB at all, because like what I said before, I was being very genuine and like feeling like FCB was doing a great job. Um, but I feel like in certain spaces, it's kind of, it's tricky because they bring it up, but not from the point of view of wanting to do the, again, hard work of making spaces more inclusive because it's not like from a business standpoint, you know, some like it's not always the most efficient thing, right? Yeah. Because if, if we really, really want to get into the nitty gritty of what being, you know, inclusive looks like, right? Like, yeah, it's just it, it doesn't always make the most quote unquote business sense for organizations. But yeah. I think being able to stand by those decisions and you know empower, like I remember one conversation I did have with someone who was who was on a DNI team was. All this time that we are putting towards DNI, like are our managers aware that we have to because advertising is, you know, a space where hours tend to be ridiculous, right? Like people are constantly working overtime, people already feel overworked. So mm -hmm. having to do the extra work of making the workplace inclusive is like right. So what we, we we're seeing is like more companies need to lean towards hiring people specifically for those tasks. And again, like I said, it's not always the most business sense, right? Um, and I think that, you know, that kind of makes a difference because like, you know, to Vic's point of being open to talk and stuff, like it's, you know, like I, I hear you, but I feel like that's easy when you're in a small space, but imagine being in like a 200 people organization. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole different ball game. Yeah. Yeah. And you're the go-to person, like literally every time, right? Like uh, specifically, you know, being black, right? Like in most organizations, like all the black people know each other because we're that few. And <laughs> every black history month, it's like, hey, and I'm like, stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Like I have enough on my plate. But I mean, like this year with Black History Month, I was really excited to participate because there was um like a 
black woman in leadership that I looked up to that was championing it. So I felt like I could kind of participate in that. But like, you know, I, with my other friends in different agencies, it's like, there's no one like black that's that senior. And, you know, no offense, but there's a bunch of white people giving you extra work to yeah. celebrate you. <laughs> it's like it just it's very counterintuitive so you know i i definitely like i feel like bringing it up like is just one step right like how are you making your black and i, I feel like i keep saying the same thing with every question but it's like how are you making people feel empowered right? yeah how are you like educating and empowering that community especially if it's a minority right like how yeah. you have to be they have to be able to take the initiative to educate themselves like it's fine to ask questions and stuff but also like take the initiative like learn about right. it yeah and bring people in too right like, yeah. bring, like bring i'm not an expert like i like i'm black doesn't mean i'm an expert on all things black it's like yeah. I'm, I'm an immigrant right so like i grew up in nigeria i don't know that much about the you know black american experience for instance so if you have questions right. about juneteenth and you're coming to me it's like hello yeah. <laughs> So I think organizations need to do a better job of like educating themselves and um not putting too much of a burden on um employees within minority groups because it's hard enough, right? Like during like like when everybody was doing the BLM stuff last year, like I knew a number of black creators were, that were like, I'm dealing with a lot right now emotionally. Yeah. This press release you want me to write, I'm not gonna write it. Like <laughs> you know, a, a number of people felt that way last year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to our next question. Um, was there ever a moment either uh, in school or throughout your careers where you felt the need uh, to speak up and bring up inclusivity? And is there also a right or wrong time to do so? Hmm. Um, I've uh okay i'll just speak about like the agency experience here um i feel like i have had to bring it up um just more as like a perspective like i think you know just playing off of what you were saying too tosin like making sure that we hire people who are part of of certain communities is all about like perspective too like it does help your business and it does help your clients because you have multiple perspectives looking at something that someone else may not realize um, that it can be interpreted this way, or it can it can affect someone else this way, right? Um, so I feel like I've had to bring it up in the past, but it wasn't taken negatively, right? So the great thing about my agency too is that you know we are a small community, and we do we listen to each other what we have to say in everyone's perspectives, which is really really good. It's super fortunate to have an agency like that. Um, so yeah, I've had to bring it up, um, but it was right away taken like I never thought about it like that. Let's let's rework it, right? Um, during school, I mean, I was a little bit more shy about my queerness in in college just because it was still kind of fresh for me. Um, but I don't know. I'm trying to think back. I'm sure there has been times where I've like brought it up, or I'm like, no, can we include maybe a gay couple in this commercial, or can we include you know different types of communities and minorities and, and stuff like that um even now too like when we're doing social media and stuff it'd be like oh can we change this couple to a uh, interracial couple or can we change this couple to a gay couple just like making sure like the little things are still like shown through right where some people may not have even like thought about it. they're just like oh it's a picture of a couple but again bringing it back to having that representation having that visibility is still super important even if it is a social media post right 
Yeah, I feel. Um... <laughs> this is not a question you ask someone who's back in advertising. Um, I, I think, for starters, I've had more where I wish I said something, right? Um, where I kind of chose my piece over, like, you know, and I, I mean, it's valid. I, I don't see myself as needing to educate everyone. Um, but in school, yes, I have. Um, given that this is a Boca podcast, I'm not going to give details, but I, I, I have kind of called stuff out like, hey, like, you know, you know, um, I'm, I'm trying so hard not to call <laughs> anything in this podcast. Like, this is meant to be very light and fun. So, you know, let's keep it that way. Um, but I have had to call out stuff. And there were way more times where in school I feel like I should have been more vocal. Um, it took me a while to find my confidence in school because, again, being an immigrant, like, I felt very, I took a huge confidence hit when I joined Boca because everyone was so different to me. And surprisingly, Vic was someone who I actually became friends with really early in the program and, like, was, yeah, like, so I love Vic very much. <laughs> because, you know, she was one of the first few people that I kind of felt like myself with, right? Um but it took a while to kind of find my footing and you know be able to be more vocal and call things out like i'll give an example when i was in first year there's someone who i i would say i'm cool with now but i asked me what the architecture was like in africa and that on yeah like it's a it's a pretty problematic question and i had to kind of be very direct and be like yeah we don't live in huts um so <laughs> i think I've had several, several, several times where I've kind of had to like say something. And um, I think with all things that in general, like it's it's constantly saying something and sometimes just almost staring the conversation away, right? Because what you find, like, and I, we kind of touched on this before is that there's brands and there's people that are doing things pro D and I, but with the wrong intentions, right? So right. <laughs> trust me, I, I do with my fair share, but, you know, in as much as there are, like, not the best people sometimes, there's also amazing people, and I think it's important to kind of focus on those people and build healthy relationships and establish healthy boundaries, right? And in terms of, like, the actual work, um, I think right now everyone's more, more conscious, right? Um, and I think, you know, as an accounts person, you know, sometimes I might just chip in and be like, hey, like, maybe we do this. But I, I feel like the clients I was working with were also really great in terms of wanting to their work to be more representative. So, yeah. Awesome. So as we move forward towards making our industry more diverse, what is something our colleagues who don't consider themselves minorities do to help ensure our voices are heard? That's a good question. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I would say, like, again, for me, it's like very big on perspective. I'm I'm very big on making sure like I see other people's point of view or see their other perspectives and I like kind of expect the same in return. So I think being able to just have that education and have that again, I'm going back to education and representation and visibility, right? Because it's it's a main thing, right? A lot of people just ignore what they don't see. So if they're not seeing it, it almost almost doesn't exist, right? There's a whole like culture where it's like, oh, if you don't post it, it doesn't exist, blah, 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 blah. Well, like it's the same with visibility and representation, right? It's, 
you have to be able to have that. So I think one thing that they can do is really just like educate it and educate themselves and maybe just like take a step back, be like, okay, how would this person feel? Or how would it come off as this way? Or how would it, what would happen if it went like this, right? Just really like taking that extra few minutes even just to be like, okay, here's what it is. What am I missing? And how can I make it where I'm not, I'm not losing the voice of the minorities. It's true. Right. It's so true. Um, yeah. Tosin. Yeah. Um, speak really well to this one too. Yeah. I think education is like the most important thing, but I think I'm just going to keep it hundred percent real. We need to all stop pretending like we don't have bias. Like, Oh yeah, definitely. Gosh, it's, it's exhausting is what it is. Like yeah. I think, and b before I even go deeper into that, I would say everyone, and this is very like black people included, queer people included, you know, obviously white people included, like everyone stop centering yourself in things that aren't about you, right? <laughs> stop centering yourself in things that are about you. And I'm, I'm not like, I don't want to, you know, touch too much in like current affairs and everything good in the world right now, but like you like, okay, I'll give you an example, BLM. Mm -hmm. right like obviously there's other causes that matter but like this is the conversation we're having right now right like have this conversation and you know like when it's time to extend to other like like i just feel like everyone and this is i think where it now st started starts to touch on sensitivity is you know like it's like we don't need to do a struggle olympics right we don't need to like the fact that this is pride month and everyone is like you know focused on pride doesn't mean it's taking anything from the blm movement right like it's not like who has it worst right it's we should be aiming for everyone to have it good like that should be the focus yeah. and when there's you know people in the room that are like like this is their moment then support that right um and i think kind of back to what I was saying about um, not having bias. I feel like everyone, when things like this come up, try and almost justify themselves. Like, well, I'm not racist or I'm not homophobic. And it's like, this is not what it's about. Like, honey, it's not about you not being like, that's, you're missing the point. And I think that like, for, for a lot of us, like we are almost like victims of our upbringing and like the, the where we were raised and, you know, like, certain things have com contributed to our worldview right and i'm gonna again keeping 100 percent real like my experiences as a black person in many instances has given me almost by not bias but like prejudice against white people and i have to be realistic about that right like i have to own it as you know someone who is very big on you know equity and treating everyone with respect and being very open i have to kind of consciously be like okay tosin where is this coming from and question that bias it's not to be uncomfortable with it and I, again it's part of educating yourself right because this is something i didn't even realize but you know i was in like a seminar about bias and i was like hmm, actually it doesn't mean like being a minority or whatever you know you identify as doesn't exempt you from bias every single person has bias and we just need to own it and make sure that it's not influencing our decisions. And more importantly, that our bias isn't, you know, contributing to, you know, a lack of opportunities for other people, right? Because say for instance, like, okay, I'm, I'm Nigerian and, you know, I want more Nigerians to have opportunities and I, I have like certain biases against other people. If I was hiring and I had two candidates, um, you know, I think, 
it's important for me to be conscious like, oh, I might have bias against this group, right? And is that bias, you know, tilting my perspective? So yeah, that's my spiel. Just acknowledge your bias and don't, don't, it doesn't make you a bad person to be biased against any groups or any people. It just, it makes you a bad person when you're lazy about it and you don't, you know, want to acknowledge it and question it. Yeah. We're all learning, right? We're all learning. Everyone just needs to listen and learn. Exactly. All right. So now we've reached the part of the episode where we ask the two guests, if we could have a single takeaway from everything we've discussed, what would that be? Um, mine will be, I, I, I think it's time I buy a wear with pride shirt. I think <laughs> like it's on my to-do list and then you know it was like, oh, no, like it's been out for a while to send oh. <laughs> i'll send you one don't worry about it <laughs> um <laughs> yeah key takeaway i think me and toes have to hang out again soon now that things are oh, okay yeah. that's the main takeaway. <laughs> the whole podcast like yeah <laughs> um no, I think the main takeaway, I really like what you said about biases, Tosin. I think that's like super important and they do exist no matter what part of the community you're in. Um, and just acknowledging them and like really taking that into consideration when you're doing anything. Um, and education, just educate. It's free. Education is free. You can Google. We ha all have Google right at our fingertips. There's really no excuse why you can't research something and make your inform your own opinions about it. Um, so yeah, that would be my key takeaway. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, just what you said about keeping the message going and the conversation going all year round is super important because we have all the days and all the months, but you know, all year round, what are we doing? We're still, we still exist all year round, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Tosin and Victoria, for joining us. Where can our listeners find you online? Hmm. If you want to give that out. If you don't want to give that out, that's perfectly fine. Honestly, Google me. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a power move. Google me. Love it. Um, yeah, you can find, you can follow me on Wear It With Pride, wearitwithpride.ca, or you can just add me on LinkedIn. I'll accept everyone on LinkedIn. So, yeah. yeah. Link, true. Awesome. I accept everyone on LinkedIn. And um, um, I'm doing it, so... Literally spell out, I'm doing it without the apostrophe and like a period in between. You'll find it if you Google it, but yeah. Um, follow I'm doing it. That's where we like run all things ad and you know, we appreciate the support. All right, there you have it guys. That's the big idea. On behalf of myself and Mac, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you again in the next one. Bye. 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 <laughs>